Welcome to Serially Hooked Star Wars. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad. And today, corruption like yours must be eradicated. How you feeling, Chris? Very, very good. I'm glad we finally get to talk about this. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And by this, Chris is referring to Tales <laughs> of the Jedi. We finally gonna come back full circle to watch the show. It came out, what, six months ago, seven months ago at this point, and we were just in the thick of yeah. things in the midst of an Andor run, which is unforgettable. So now we're going to come back, talk about this animated short series, and just, you know, go do what we do. Do what we always do. Talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. Yeah, and if you um, want to follow what we're doing, just follow us on Twitter or hit us up at seriallyhooked.com. We have a lot of things coming down the pipeline. We'll have another D&D coming up in a few weeks. Next week, we have a special weekly hook again. We have, we're have we not going to spoil the surprise, but we're ready to go. We're fired <laughs> up with a bunch of takes. And how mm-hmm. do you feel about the word take, Chris? <laughs> uh, it is used way too often. And I don't know. I think it's also used in a way to elevate oneself in a really annoying way it's like yeah just call it opinion it's like a take like an opinion doesn't get better just because you say you have a take on something you know i don't know i think it's a weird word what do you as think as soon as it came out of my mouth i was like oh my god i hate this word why did i just use it yeah. i really don't like the word take <laughs> i cringed a little bit when you use it to yeah. be honest. i didn't want to say i it, figured but, uh, you did and that's why i asked you know. i wanted to give you a platform to criticize me yeah <laughs> i do i what i really enjoy though is like using hot take as like if it's obviously used ironically oh for sure but even that now even that now is uh you know it's like oh my god even if it's used ironically i think it's it has transcended it's just annoying even if it's being used ironically i'm like oh my god please stop we are past the era of take and we should leave it behind so i apologize sincerely for my usage of the insulting verbiage (laughs) thou shalt be forgiven thank you very much and without further ado, <laughs> my friend, your devotion to rules is sometimes inspiring and sometimes maddening. That was exactly the quote that I wanted to write down uh, when, when I was thinking of whether I'm going to do the intro. Uh, I love that quote so much. And with that, how did you think about the whole thing? I think we'll talk about what we normally do, talk about our high-level feelings, then go into episode by episode. How does that sound? Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good. So I just watched that this week. <laughs> I haven't watched it. You probably rewatched it. Um, and it's very, you know, you can just watch it in one go, as I did. Um it was very interesting. I I only knew that, you know, it was basically about Ahsoka and Dooku, which I was very intrigued by. Obviously, we all love a little bit of Ahsoka. And Dooku is kind of an, a character that I've really enjoyed in Clone Wars. And so it was it was kind of interesting also the like duality of, you know, good and evil and the force and blah blah blah. Uh I was very, very curious, and obviously, it's a it's it's a Dave Filoni project, so I was kind of excited. Yeah, I don't know. Um, do you want me to actually 
tell you what I think about the whole thing, like my big stories, or how how did you go into it? Maybe let's do that first. Yeah, sure. I, I loved it. <laughs> I watched it the first time mm-hmm. um, and was just really excited to talk about it, but we just couldn't find it, fit it in the schedule, and we finally got it in. Um, I find yeah. it very entertaining, very interesting. Obviously, Ahsoka is great. More Ahsoka, the more Ahsoka, the better. Mm-hmm. And seeing Dooku is just really cool in this way because there's so many things that happen in the background that we just don't see because the main perspective is the Jedi perspective. And seeing yeah. even like young Qui-Gon and like all these interesting things happening and interweaving as they do with the prequels. Again, Clone Wars is just continuing to make the prequels better. <laughs> um, but also mm-hmm. my high level question is like, especially when watching the Dooku stuff, I'm like, this is what the prequel should have been about. Like, I don't know. It's just like every time yeah. I see something new and interesting, I'm just like, this would have been a better, much better option. Um, but no, overall, I really enjoy it. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it is very, very interesting. And I love it. And this like in every episode, mm-hmm. uh, except for me, I mean, the start isn't the best. Um, no, that's the only episode that i will yes. never watch again um, and i agree and i'm so sorry <laughs> to have put that put you through that uh, especially because like it starts <laughs> with a baby crying and i'm just like oh god mm. yeah. but it's ahsoka, but it's ahsoka it's so it's fine. okay uh yeah. and so baby ahsoka on the screen is really adorable but the rest of them episodes two through six just all great all really interesting stuff and yeah. we love we love a corrupt senate we love questioning the jedi order and their <laughs> council we love um baby yoda's species and or not ba- wow i did that oh wow. my god oh my god <laughs> we are in a modern era of star wars oh dear god yeah I love that's that's that works on so many levels like baby Yoda you're literally quoting the original <laughs> character that, that's amazing oh man um, um, so seeing Yaddle was great obviously uh Ahsoka yeah. just just a it's just joy it's a gem I freaking love Ahsoka so much yeah. and the more the better it's it's coming soon, Rashad. It's coming soon. I can't Finally, wait. The live it's action like two show. months now. I know. It's amazing. Um, but you know what? I also really want kind of a show about Dooku now, even though he still, you know, has one of the most ridiculous names in Star Wars, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> but that's the, the major thing about, like, this, this show is that I really want to see, like, a Dooku prequel. Um because I just think, you know, it's a way better, even though it's like three 15-minute episodes, it, they just outline a fall from like the, the, the light side of the force uh, much better. And like for really good reasons, you, I think I, emp- I empathized way more with Dooku in these 45 minutes all total than in Anakin in the prequels, obviously. Uh, and yeah, I love it. I also uh, didn't know that he was uh, the mentor of Qui Gon, so that was a, like a nice reveal for me, for me, and probably only myself. But I really like that, and you can kind of see the through line there because Qui Gon also isn't is like a very special Jedi in a way. Yeah, and it just makes me feel so sad for Qui Gon and how impactful his death is. It's like if Qui Gon was here, a lot of the things that 
we would see as issues wouldn't have happened or would have been mm. like maybe he would have been able to pull Dooku from the dark side and just like a lot of things could have changed and I think you can see Qui-Gon's potential to be a less radical Count Dooku and where Count Dooku took it too far yeah. Qui-Gon wouldn't have taken it too far because he has seen and you can see that in the episode in episode two when they're together against the corrupt senator it's qui-gon who's able to pull him back Mm -hmm. it's it's qui-gon who can see and empathize with his master but then also can do something differently than him yeah i think qui-gon would have been a reformer from within not somebody who would want to destroy something uh it's so interesting to me that you know from the the from episode one to the two characters that ostensibly die even though we find out like no not really they kind of retcon that um are two characters that really spark the imagination because of the kind of limited screen time as well in the grand scheme of things that are expanded upon especially in the animated shows which you can obviously do much easier in an animated format um but you know Maul and Qui-Gon are just two people who I'm always happy when they pop up. Yeah, it's really cool. And just like going back to their fight in episode one, uh, The Phantom Menace, it's just like incredible that that, you know, that's called the duel of the fates, right? And this idea that Mm -hmm. it's not their fates being decided there. It is Anakin's fate being chosen in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it's whether or not he will end up being on the light side or the dark side. And the fact that Qui-Gon is the one who falls and Obi-Wan's the one who survives is sort of this idea that, you know, Anakin is then put on a path where he will eventually um, turn and you know you can there's a mm. lot of like blah 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 about fate or whatever that is but it what is clear yeah. here is that qui-gon is the one who saw something in anakin and qui-gon is the one who could have brought him up in the way that he could have foreseen and bring him in a path that is 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 more towards the light and instead of instead of where he ended up which we all know which is so i absolutely agree but that also means on the flip side of things that it's kind of obi-wan's like you know because obi-wan failed and if his mentor hadn't died then you know qui-gon would have maybe uh you know helped steer uh, anakin in a into a better (laughs) onto a better path but because he died you know the pair up was with (laughs) obi-wan well also i mean i don't gonna miss words this is obi-wan's fault yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Obi-Wan's got to take the L on this one. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we love him a lot, uh, apart from his own crappy show. But, uh, you know, not the greatest mentor, apparently. Uh, definitely failed uh, Anakin and the whole galaxy. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but let's actually go back and talk about the show. Um, yeah, I don't know. As I said before, like the biggest takeaway for me is that I really want to explore Dooku's character even more. I wish he also. I think if I remember correct, I don't. I don't recall his first name, but I think his first name is also really ridiculous. Um, not as bad as Chief Palpatine, but uh, <laughs> also not great. Um, the one like something that I've realized that is like a little bit of a criticism here is that i just don't like more more or less standalone 15 minute episodes or like one episode 
like stories with contained within one episode like make make things an arc make, like that's why i just said you know i would love a dooku show because i want to have things explored in on a you know wider scale of course you can say this is basically the equivalent of a short story and short stories are amazing because they are so restrained uh, in its in, in their format but i don't know i just i just want to have things explored in further depth because you can just go into into much more detail and character development and everything and there were some episodes episodes that I really liked, but still there were just like rough sketches. And if you had had like an hour to make this episode, you could have really gone in there. And I know that's not the scope of the show, but and that probably is a not a criticism, but more you know goes to say that I really enjoyed this show because I would have liked all of what they did just in further depth. Yeah, I, th- I guess that goes back to the question of what Disney is willing to order from Dave Filoni, what Dave Filoni is willing to put his time into, because making a show that's of this quality mm-hmm. going to be longer, it's, you know, yeah. it, it's just impossible with well, everything that's going on. But I just hope that we get more tales like this, <laughs> I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. And or maybe something that is a show a whole six episode run about Dooku or a whole six episode run about Ahsoka or something like that, as opposed to splitting it up half and half. But I guess part of it is the good, the good stuff is, is uh, scarce. And that's, that's, I guess fine because we enjoy it Mm -hmm. for what it is. And I think that's the most important thing. Exactly. It's going to be, I'm going to be curious to see how Star Wars as a franchise is going to develop now that Bob Iger is back, who is going to drastically change the strategy uh from everything that i've heard which is not much because i don't want to get spoiled or anything so i don't really nothing not much permeates my like pierces my bubble of ignorance that i have uh voluntarily put myself in um but yeah i'm curious to see and but i have a question for you is because again this is dave filoni's work is this show worth the crappy season three of Mandalorian because Dave Filoni obviously didn't have much time to devote to that show. Um, maybe that's a question actually that we can answer at the end of this, but it just occurred to me because obviously we know that this is his stuff and then John Favreau did season three mostly by himself and we weren't happy about that one. So my understanding is that the production um, timeline for this show doesn't align really with the Mandalorian. It Mandalorian's timeline really um, is interrupted by Ahsoka as the, the show. So it's not necessarily this or Mando. It's really Mando season three or Ahsoka. And the question, the answer to that question oh, is, you know, yet to be seen. But, uh, <laughs> well, let's hope that it is worth it. Yeah, but probably yes. <laughs> yeah. And if not, we'll be very Absolutely. sad. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, oh, my God. If Ahsoka is worse than Mandalorian season three... I don't know. I don't know if I can cope with that. Oh, no. I was going to say, if it's not worth the struggle, it's going to be better. The question is, to what degree? For the record, Count Dooku. Dooku is his first name. Um, he's from uh, Sereno. So his name is literally just Count Dooku of Sereno. So they don't have last names or second names mm, in that I see. planet or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, his his name is <sighs> Dooku. <laughs> yeah that's amazing i don't know if it makes it worse or better yeah (laughs) i don't know uh 
It's just bad either way. And in a good transition, insert transition mm-hmm. here. Let's talk about <laughs> the uh, this season of television by episode. How about that? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the season. season. I'm so uh, good at pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know. Um, so yeah, Life and Death episode one. Um, obviously, it's basically Ahsoka as a one-year-old um, interacting mostly with her mother who goes on a, onto a hunt. Makes her watch her killing a deer, like some sort of like a kaipak, which is basically a space deer, getting attacked by a space saber-toothed tiger. And then the force intervenes, kind of. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. Okay, that's cute. It's a cute little origin story. But I was like, okay, this is a very mad episode for me. I think it's a mad episode for sure, but it's a beautiful episode. I think the way it is designed, yeah. there's a beautiful shot of the mountain and the sky and this, not the skyline, but oh just like God, the yes. nature is, you know, for an episode that is kind of a downer and a season of great tea. TV like is beautiful. So I don't want to give it, I don't want to just like yeah. skip by that. Um, but, and yeah, there's a couple shots. Sure. There's another yeah. shot of Ahsoka riding or Ashoka and the tiger, like when she touches his nose. Ashoka. Wow. <laughs> You're really going for it today. Great. So Ahsoka <laughs> and the tiger, beautiful shot where they're just kind of touching. And it's another just, this is a beautiful episode. And I don't think it's uh, a great in terms of plot or in terms of anything else. But um, it was a joy to watch at the very least and see on the screen. Absolutely. That reminded me that exact. I know I knew exactly which shot you were talking about because I tried to like screenshot it. And then because Disney doesn't let you do that. Uh, it was just entirely black, <laughs> my screenshot. Uh, but yeah, it was so beautiful. Yeah, great, a great um, visual episode. And I think maybe that's why they did this one, to be honest, is to really flex mm-hmm. their visual muscles. Because I think it's, for me, one of the most beautiful, if not the most beautiful episode of this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. So episode two, Justice, what do you think of that A lot one? more going on here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a big step up. <laughs> I really like the Qui-Gon Duke relationship and I like the reveal of him being Qui-Gon because we don't really, mm-hmm. he doesn't say that until the end. I really yeah. like Dooku coming in with some real hot energy. Um, like he just, we're going to freaking figure this out. He whips out his Jedi, his lightsaber, throws it on the table. It's like your move basically. <laughs> and it's, yeah. you know, I, I think there's a little bit in terms of it's a little too clear the bad versus the good guy and kind of like it's a little bit like how does this boy really become such a perfect idyllic person? He's a little bit too ideal. But again, can't explore all that in 15 minutes. Mm. Um, and I love Dooku's response to um, the Jedi being employees employees of the Senate and where he says we serve the people of this Republic and you can immediately see here the ideologies that inform his turn to the dark side and and how that's Mm -hmm. very different and yeah I think and it goes to the quote as well that I mentioned at the top the corruption like yours must be eradicated that's a reflective of Dooku taking it too far and you can see he doesn't have the same limit that his that his Padawan has and I, I really like to see the seeds of his turn to the Separatists yeah, I think you can you can see it throughout, and you know, I, at least I found myself always seeing where he was coming from. So great writing on that part. Um, 
And yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, it was a good introduction, I think, I thought. Um, and yeah, the exploration of the different, you know, the, the, like the power and this is not what you think it is. Um, again, a little wooden in its construction because it's 15 minutes long. So you can't, again, explore the depth of it. So everything had to be very quick. But the, uh, yeah. The, the like foundational story is a really good idea. Yeah, and if this season did something, it really just showed you that you can root for Dooku if thing, little things are different. And for most of the season, mm-hmm. we do most of the Dooku episodes, we do root for Dooku. I mean, at, at the very end, maybe not yeah. so much, but before we get there, like Dooku's <laughs> yeah. the hero of these stories. Stories, wow, wow, what's what's happening? I don't know, man. This is. <laughs> Is this going to become a thing, like, uh, without I further ado? I guess it is. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, uh, I was going to make a joke, but, uh, you know, it's going to be like a uh, Rashad uh, mannerism, but it's literally in your name. Yeah, that it is. Episode three, probably my favorite of all of, all of these, um, with obviously the two different sides uh, in the Jedi here, Dooku and Mace on a mission and Mace is just such a fucking uh, follow the rules by the book guy um, and yeah I don't know the the thing itself on the planet wasn't too interesting it was mostly kind of a conduit for the kind of theoretical philosophical disagreements between the two or two Jedi here um, and you know the whole turn uh, and, and then also the dump, the like, uh, yeah, the dump by the uh, officer was like explaining why they did what they did. It was like, okay, it's it's literally just kind of, yeah, info dumping here, um, which was kind of, uh, yeah, okay, it's fine. Uh, and then the the best part, obviously, when they're back on Coruscant, and um, Mace, you know. Uh, they talk about Mace filling uh, Katri's seat in the council uh, because, as Mace tells him, you know, he followed the rules and Dooku's actions resulted in the death of a senator. Uh, and I love the like their relationship just changing. You can see this is a pivotal point in their relationship and a pivotal point probably in Dooku's relationship to the Jedi Order. Um, maybe literally the turning point. So just an amazing amazing episode yeah i mean mace is a a loser man it's just really bad (laughs) it's just like if this episode did one thing is that it showed us how annoying mace is and how much everyone in the jedi order must hate his guts so much he's just like the worst and he's also like he says oh we're not guided by politics or ego and i'm just like oh Oh, you're the worst uh, yes the most ignorant quote of them all. Um, but it just occurred to me that uh, it's ama- it's an amazing retcon for Mace's decision, like Mace's entire behavior towards Anakin in the prequels, but also the incredible decision for Mace to take Anakin to get, like, you know, to basically... Uh, take the chancellor under arrest because he thinks that in the end all jedi are gonna fall follow the rules um which is like an incredible blindside um but that that just occurred to me which is kind of funny so bad honestly like he's just (laughs) uh, the worst and uh, you know 
like there is this idea of questioning the Jedi's place and whether they they claim that they're peacekeepers but you know this he i think there's a quote that literally comes up when they say law and order and obviously that's an allegory towards police and their misguided role in some contexts and like the struggle of dealing with that and keeping the peace in our real world and etc 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 we don't want to go down that road but (laughs) for sure it is just like it shows how i guess the council and the Jedi just want yes men, people who just follow the rules and don't question anything and don't think about anything. And that's what Mace is. And then we can see the effects of Mace's actions on the eventual result of the entire Republic. And it is Dooku who in the end, if he was maybe selected for the council seat, that would have been a very different move. Like, you can see like yeah. these inflection points in his life that led him to where he ended up being. And by the time in the next episode, when he faces off with Yaddle, it is way too late and you get a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's very sad. It's very sad to see that this is the reason why he ended up going. It's at the, at the expense of, or at the, at the price of pushing Mace Windu up to the hierarchy. God. Yeah. Who just cares about his career, which is basically what this is. Um, but I like that we just explored that obviously it's Obi-Wan's fault that Anakin turned to the dark side. Just as, <laughs> if you think about it, the fall of the Republic is Mace's fault. <laughs> so that's nice. Always blame it on Mace uh, and the Jedi just in general. Because, uh, yeah, as you know, Mace again you know, says, like, why didn't you just go to the proper authorities? <laughs> He's like, yeah, because the system is corrupt, man. Uh, you know, the Jedi are the lab dogs of the Senate. Everybody knows it, uh, which like everybody knows it is such a Trump quote. But uh, anyway, and uh, the law, the Jedi are law and order for the rich and powerful. Nice quotes. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff uh, in this entire yeah. season, and especially in the Dooku stuff, where it's for a lot sure. about politics and ideologies and thoughts and and the role of um you know the jedi in this whole order and just the idea of order i just would as much as i would like a dooku prequel and his turn to the dark side i would also like then like a second season of him being a separatist and kind of not even so much interacting with palpatine but just having i just would really love some show in which the jedi are the bad guys that'd be great in general Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, like, like the ambivalency that we saw with the rebellion in like Rebels, for example, and like Saw and all of that stuff, where there are just multiple like perspectives on the same thing. And even though like people have their own reasons for rebelling against the Empire, they aren't all united the same way. Like I'm sure there are people who just didn't like the Jedi because they are, yeah, very much integrated into the uh, Republic's power system and the institutions. Um, So yeah, I would really love to explore that further. Well, we're available. Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) Yep. Bob Iger. Call us up, you know. Hello at seriallyhook.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, so episode four. Um, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, As you mentioned, we have some lovely interaction here with Qui-Gon, 
which I really liked. We obviously, we know where in the timeline we are because they're referring to Qui-Gon meeting Maul on uh, meeting, uh, <laughs> meeting like it's a, like a, yeah, we went to a cafe, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go on being on Tatooine and fighting with Maul for the first time. And oh my God, there's a, like a Sith there. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Yettle kind of it's like yeah okay i didn't feel that that like warmly towards them it was like okay it's there's this is very much just you know you're here for a specific narrative purpose i get it um i like though that like we we do see the back and forth between the two of them and in the end it was really interesting because as well yaddle is not too happy with the way that the uh, Jedi Council is acting, so she kind of stepped down, I think, uh, and was trying to, you know, use it as an example for Dooku to kind of sway him over to, like, back onto the Jedi side, which I thought was really interesting. Obviously, the end uh, was kind of heartbreaking, uh, like, because they do it, like, we have multiple, we kind of have multiple en- uh, endings, and both of them are, like, not great. Uh, like kind of sad um but yeah it's interesting to just see dooku in his double agent uh you know status obviously at the very beginning as well with we literally see him um erasing kamina from the jedi archives with the whole sephardius stuff that was all pretty a good tie-in yeah this is the one that's most interweaved with the prequels I think the Yaddle stuff is actually really important because it's it's asked, it's answering a larger question as to why Yaddle was in Star Wars Phantom Menace but was not in Attack of the Clones on the council. So this is kind of filling mm-hmm. in the background yeah. gap for the people who were <laughs> really interested in what happened to the members of the council in different contexts. So <laughs> this answers a lot yeah. of questions. And it's really heartbreaking to see how Yaddle went out. Um, I really love the, when she kind of comes up and like lifting the whole door with the force just like anytime anyone lifts anything heavy mm. with the force so cool just like it never it never mm-hmm. fails to make me happy but in the end it was a sad ending for her i i really like you know this the, obviously sorry i'm jumping around a bit but liam neeson reprising his role That's as fine. qui-gon and him coming back and hearing his voice just great <sighs> so uh, nice. and i just the shot, there's another beautiful shot in this season, in this episode where he, it's a shot of the sun setting on the Jedi Temple. Oh, absolutely Oof, beautiful. Yeah. Obviously metaphorical for the Jedi in general. I just, mm. I, you know, you feel the grief here. I, I think it's a great fight scene. And it's also just amazing. And from a grand pick, bigger picture perspective to see the things that are happening off the screen from the movies when we see from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. That's all we want. And it's just... It, this kind of stuff makes me so mad that we have such uncreative, bad Star Wars stuff out there. There's just such a rich tapestry <laughs> of stories to tell, and we spend yeah. so much time on bad stuff, and it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, especially because we, we thought the worst was behind us, and then came out too shitty series um but yeah, by the way, George Lucas, that's how you do fight scenes with. Uh, like a very like significant height difference um so to literally quote star wars back at george lucas and now the student has become the master love it 
<laughs> All right, we got two more episodes to go. Exactly. Episode five, Practice Makes Perfect. Ahsoka. Ahsoka is back. And nailing her training. Um, I don't know. I, it's again, it's like this. Anakin and Ahsoka, best. The best pair of them all. Great relationship. A great you know relationship with uh, the clones. Just really enjoyed this from like first, first second to last. I just really love loved all of it. The endurance training, basically, uh, that Anakin has devised for her, and then the callback to uh, the heartbreaking uh, scene in Order sixty six. Oof! What did you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, Clone Wars Anakin is the best. He's just such a great teacher for ahsoka kind of abusive in a way but that's the time you know blame it on that period (laughs) Uh, it's a long time ago in a galaxy Uh far far away right (laughs) (laughs) okay okay interesting take (laughs) yeah a little abusive here obviously but i think it's it's really endearing to see their relationship and to see how much he cares about her and wanting to protect her and also equipping her in a way that no other Jedi is equipped because of her relationship to Anakin. She's able to survive Order 66. We can see the impact of her training in her ability to fight off all the clones and to block all the blaster fire. And it's just incredible to see and her growth. And it's really cool to see her when she's really young with the one saber, then the two. Mm -hmm. And then we do fast forward to see Order 66. And this episode isn't as, you know, philosophically dense as the earlier ones, but it's really entertaining <laughs> and it gives us Ahsoka and Anakin again. And that's all we need in life. Absolutely. And just because it was the first episode after three Dooku episodes, I I couldn't help but see the parallel between Anakin and Dooku here as well. Because even though it is, quote unquote, just about basically training, uh, you know, we, it is kind of a parallel that Anakin is just not happy about uh, or satisfied by like what the like the Jedi have to offer, whereas everybody else is just oh yeah this is really impressive like Yoda and Obi Wan is like oh yeah this is really impressive this is really cool, and they're just satisfied, um, and they don't really critically think of it. And Ahsoka mirrors that uh, when she says like, oh yeah, this is this is like the standard Jedi training and, uh, you know, everybody's been doing this for like, for however long. And then Anakin is just like, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. So let's actually do something, think out of the box sort of thing. And which kind of nails Anakin and Dooku as characters. Yeah, it's representative of a willingness to challenge the status quo. And if you go too far, mm-hmm. you end up like Dooku and Anakin. If you're able to manage it, you end up like Ahsoka. And there's therein lies the difference between those characters and the Mace Windus of the world. <laughs> Beautifully put. Episode six. The final episode of the season. We have Ahsoka again. Gotta love her. She's post-Order 66. Uh, we see her at Padme's funeral and then we get another fast forward to her basically a straw farmer or something with a bunch of people and then she gets um, found out or told on by this really asshole of a kid and she so does bad. have an amazing battle sequence or fights fight sequence where she just uh, disarms an inquisitor and just you know beats him down with one with one strike 
And again, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess reinforcing the idea that all inquisitors are chumps, I guess intentionally, but they are all ass- <laughs> they're all assholes, but they're also all, you know, just weaklings. But I really yeah. like this as a bookend to everything. Obviously, this entire season is chronological, so this is why we have the Ahsoka episode first, and then it kind of goes through in time. Uh, but this is a bookend to Ahsoka's journey and her kind of realizing that she's not safe anywhere. The galaxy isn't safe and she has to do better as in the last episode, I think there's a quote where she says, I can do better in referencing her training in this context that references more her responsibility to um, do better for the galaxy. And I guess it's as Bail Organa told her, and he's always the wisest one out there um, that, when you have the power, mm-hmm. you have a, with great power comes great responsibility. Basically, is a speech he gave her. I was literally thinking about that. Yeah, I was going to make a Uncle Ben joke here, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you went there. Uh, yeah, that that's I really like their interaction. Uh, always happy to see Bale, uh, whether it's live action or animated. It's just always amazing. Um, wasn't too hot on like generally like Naboo, but. You know, it was it was a great interaction, and then the whole plot line with the farm being a farmer and like undercover, or like not undercover, but like just anonymous. I was like, yeah, whatever. We've seen this before, but uh, some great, yeah, amazing fight scene, a very Kurosawa esque, uh, you know, one strike battle. I really liked the kind of design, or rather, look of the Inquisitor, like the the like. I don't know if it's actually his face or just a mask that he's wearing but i think he looked amazing uh kind of again not the strongest obviously but enough to terrify civilians so there's that um always nice to see a snitch like a snitch get like have you know consequences even though not for himself really but a lot of other people um but yeah, I don't know. That was it was kind of nice, and I always love the plot line of somebody who is like running away from something and then realize no, they have to do more. So I was really happy about. I that. mean, this is a Kurosawa episode. <laughs> That's all that it is, and it's yeah, perfect. Exactly. I, I like it. Exactly. There's not much to say or as much to say about the Ahsoka episodes, um, especially these two. They're enjoyable to watch. They're fun. We had Ahsoka, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but they aren't as, as we said, dense or, you know, debatable, I guess, um, when it comes to metaphors about mm-hmm. reality or whatever that may be, as the Dooku ones are. As Dooku is an idealist, right? And someone who has really interesting ideas. Yeah. And Ahsoka is amazing. Um, but her journey is more, has yet to be told. And we're going to see more of it coming soon. Love it. Can't wait. Yeah. So soon. Uh, I'm so happy. Yeah, and I guess I thank you for, you know, talking about this whole thing with me, Chris. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed Tales of the Jedi. I hope you enjoyed it as well and it was worth watching. And for me, it definitely filled in a lot of the gaps that I was, you know, didn't know I wanted. And and I'm glad we got them. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, again, like I only watched it this week and it was super enjoyable. Uh, I hope they're doing more of these sorts of things in the future. And in the meantime, you know, while hoping to maybe see a, uh, like a a Dooku show or something else, we have exciting things on the horizon. So can't wait. Yeah. And to find all those exciting things, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review if you enjoy that. And I guess, yeah, I guess we'll talk to you next time for Chris. I'm Rashad. Bye.